Hi, this is Marion Call in Juneau, Alaska, and you're listening to Set Lusting Bruce. And welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. But tonight, we are getting off the Bruce train, and we are talking the healing train. That's right. We, uh, I am so proud to have a fellow podcaster. Um, Tina is joining me. I'm going to introduce her in just a moment. But she is the host of a cool podcast, um, Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. And no, you guys, get your mind out of the gutter. It's not those kind of good nurses, bad nurses. Tina, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're going to get to your podcast, but a little bit first, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Okay. Um, my name is Tina. Obviously, I'm a registered nurse. Um I'm married with three children, and um, I don't know. That's about it. I love to do podcasting. I just got into it about three months ago, so very new to it, but um, I love it. I really enjoy it. Yeah, that's good, and we're going to talk a little bit about that because, um, first off, congratulations on your podcast. I just I was telling you before we hit record that I have a friend, uh, Terry, in the U.K., and he um, actually went to a how to podcast class, which I'm like, I never did that. Um, mm. But he's really interested in it. And he said that, um, like, there's hundreds of thousands of people trying to do podcasts, and 70% uh, of them never get to episode eight. Oh. oh. They, they run out of energy, time, motivation. And so, um, so I was like, okay, eight's the magic number. I guess wow. if you, once you hit over eight. So, hey, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about the podcast. Okay, so it is called Good Nurse, Bad Nurse, and it is um, it's a storytelling podcast sort of, but medical um, related. So we tell sort of true crime stories, people from the medical field, uh, for example, a nurse who killed his or her patients, um, you know, different various ways, uh, doctor, Dr. H.H. H. Holmes from, you know, the, um, 19th century, early, you know, 19th century. Um, we did a physician assistant who was, a who kidnapped and, uh, raped women. Uh, so kind of darker, sorry. Uh, it's a darker okay. podcast. Um, and then, but we do to have more of a lighter spin on it. We have, um, uh, the, the good nurse story at the end where we tell something, um, of a medical professional, you know, some sort of story. It's something, um, uplifting, encouraging, maybe shedding light on an issue. Um, but we tell someone's story, um, and just, try to make it more positive so we don't end on that that dark you know note <laughs> though i think my wife would like your part of it um <laughs> she she will binge american greed yeah and you know and, and then of course that makes her incredibly suspicious about anything <laughs> you know uh we were talking about refinancing her house and you know we have been wells with wells fargo for years and she was like are you sure we could trust them? Like, hmm. look, I know Wells Fargo had a lot of like, bad press, but we've been paying our mortgage to these people. So, yes. <laughs> um, you mentioned we. Who Do you have a podcast partner? So, I, we, I do. I have a partner. She, Her name is Sam. She and I started out together. The, the podcast was my idea, so I'm the creator of it, and I've pretty much – I'm I wear all the hats. Okay. Uh, but – Sam is my co-host, so she's the person that I kind of banter back and forth with. Uh, we take turns telling stories. So one week I'll tell the bad story. The other week she'll tell the bad, you know, we just kind of 
go back and forth that way. But then she's in school getting a master's degree. So she just literally doesn't have time. And I think she's that person that you were talking about at the beginning of the, of this episode where you get started and you realize, Oh, this is a lot of work. And even for, even if you're just the person that's showing up doing this story, you have research involved in that. You have the drive time of getting to someone's house. Although I did recently figure out how to do what you're doing and do a remote, <laughs> the remote recording. Um, there's still a lot of time involved in when you, work full time and you're in school full time, you just don't have a lot of extra time for anything else other than your family. So what I had to do is um, reach out to some uh, other nurses on some like Facebook groups and that sort of thing. And they have been helping me out by guest hosting with me. And so each week I just do it with a different person. I did. You mentioned it, London. I did an episode last week with a girl from London um, who's a research nurse, and that was really interesting and fun to do. Now that I've figured out how to do the remote recording, it's the sky's the limit, really, because there are nurses and med other medical professionals everywhere. So, well, I guess I think absolutely. Um, I've been lucky. Um, you know, I've had Springsteen fans and music fans from around the world join me, mm -hmm. and um, once you figure out time zones. <laughs> You know, and people always laugh at me like you, you really seem obsessed with time zones. I'm like, I cannot tell you how many times I tried to talk someone from the East Coast that could not grasp the idea that I'm in Dallas. So I'm an hour behind them. And, yeah. Uh, and that's only an hour. Right. I mean, so you can. Yeah. Imagine. You start going across the pond and you really <laughs> yeah. mess up. Yeah. So you said you were the driver. What what made you. What originally made you think about podcasting? Well, about a year. I like I love audiobooks. Okay, I love okay. to read. So then I got into audiobooks, and then I'm just obsessed over audiobooks. And my sister um, listens to them, and I listen to them, and we trade. Oh, listen to this one, you know that sort of thing. And well, about a year ago, she said, I started listening to podcasts, and honestly, I thought that sounds awful. I don't think that's something I'm going to enjoy. And then. Several months, beginning of the year, I didn't have a book to listen to. So I thought, okay, there's that podcast thing. And I went and just kind of looked it up, I think on Spotify and just clicked on my favorite murder. And I started listening to it. And at first I was like, what is this? They're just talking. There's no point to it. It sounded like they were just having a long conversation with no point to it. But then they got into the story and then I got it. And then I, st I got completely hooked. And I we went on vacation and I binge listened to them and just listened to every single one of them. It's crazy. Uh, so then I was I had to find something else. And I was like, is there a medical one? Surely there's one of these about, you know, nursing or medical murders or something. I couldn't find anything. So I thought, I wonder if I could do it myself. And I just I asked Sam. She came over to my house one day. We had a little handheld you know, recorder that you like used to make notes for your, for yourself sure. with. <laughs> we just recorded the first episode on that thing. It's sitting in between. It's the craziest. But then after that, I was like, now, how do I get it from this thing to the computer? <laughs> I literally, that's how I did my podcast. That's how this whole thing has evolved. And then I have learned so many things since then. I went out and bought a mic and the scissor arm and the pop filter. I've just learned Within three months, I've learned so much about it. It's just fascinating, and I love it. I really enjoy it. Well, yeah, and as I said, you know, they were talking about in this class that most people don't get past episode eight, and it is um, so many people will have the idea, oh, I could write a book if I just took the time, or I could mm -hmm. do a podcast, but it is actually sitting down and doing the work. And, yes. Um, my issue is finding guests. And um, once in my past life, I spent about a year as a, um, a MetLife. I worked for MetLife, selling mm -hmm. car insurance and life insurance and everything. And I was horrible at it. And partly because I was a really bad prospector. Mm. I, I had trouble finding people to talk to and sell. And but so I remember during that life, you were always prospecting, 
You were anyone you could think of you were trying to think. And um, I've now turned that into my um, podcast is that, you know, uh, we we're in some groups together. And I if there's even a shade that there's a chance someone either is a fan of music or I think that I can do a cross promotion, I do um, to just kind of broaden the appeal and mm-hmm. to make sure I have content. Sure. And and the other thing is I, I honestly love talking to people mm-hmm. and, and hearing their stories. So it works out well for me. Um, but there is the, and I'm certainly not equating it to being on a roof in the summer, you know, laying down shingles, but there is work in doing a podcast. You know, you edit it, you, you know, um, you know, uploading it, trying to promote it because you do want people to hear. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so obviously you liked true crime. So you knew immediately that's what you wanted your podcast to be about? Well, I guess I want, I knew that I wanted, um, I also have a passion for nursing clearly. And so I wanted to use it somehow to educate uh, people. And so uh, not only, probably primarily medical professionals, really, Uh, nurses, primary, that's what I am, that's what I know. But the medical field is sort of funny. Sometimes we can get into what's known as the silo effect, where each person, each professional thinks they're the only person. (laughs) That exists. And so you have nurses working on a floor who are so frustrated with the the doctors or with the respiratory therapists or with the x-ray technicians. Like everyone is frustrated with everyone else because no one knows what the other person really does or what they go through. And it's hard sometimes to appreciate that. And so part of wanting to do the podcast was also wanting to incorporate a sense of unity in the, in the medical, per, uh, in the healthcare field. Um, and to try to pull people together and listen to each other. Um, listen, to, I, I want to have, I'm, I've, I've got a pharmacist that I'm supposed to be doing a, an episode with. Um, what is their side of it? Because pharmacy is a huge part of a hospital and how and run, making it run and it working and sometimes there can be a lot of contention between the nurses working on the floor trying to give their meds to the patients and the pharmacy trying to get those meds to the nurses yeah um so yeah just an educate just to be use it in, in like a fun entertaining way um to bring people together and educate about different issues yeah, one of the things on um, I've listened to bits of some of the episodes. I wanted to get a f- at least the sampling and then to kind of idea of what you do. I, I really like it's a very casual style. There is a lot of laughter and and you could you can see to a lot of degrees. I think, or in my opinion, some of the best podcasts are you feel like you're in a restaurant overhearing people talk in a conversation, you know, a conversation yes. and you're like, wow, that's, you know, that's, I'm really enjoying this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope they don't catch me because, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be really embarrassed. And so, it's almost voyeuristic. It's like, you feel like you're just eavesdropping on someone. Um, I feel that way when I listen to, to I, I love true crime garage. I love those two guys. They're, I wouldn't say they're hilarious, but there's something about, one of them being more lighthearted and uh, not really taking anything seriously. And the other one um, is really passionate about the story and does a really good job telling the story. And I love that whole vibe. And it has that feel like there's just, I literally feel like there's two guys sitting in their garage talking about true crime. I just love it. Yeah. When, um, what's your family think of the podcasting? Um, I think they like it. They, they always listen to the episodes after I finish recording one. we we usually, if we have somewhere we have to go, we will play it in the car and they'll give me feedback. Um, they're always brutally honest, which is what I want. Um, you know, and, but for the most part, uh, they're very encouraging and supportive and they know how passionate I am about it and how much I'm enjoying it. So it's good. And it's, it's uh, what I try to explain to 
people is this is just this has become one of my hobbies. Mm-hmm. This, this gives a creative outlook outlet for me. I enjoy now. My wife later has now become um, at least supportive, but at first she was like, "Why would anyone want to listen to you?" <laughs> um, and, and yet people do. <laughs> yeah, and I I kind of laugh at um, because she in her mind a podcast would be a professional talking about something you know not a fan podcast or something so Mm -hmm. that's that's good there i'm glad they're supportive um (laughs) she very seldom listens to my podcast um she didn't (laughs) want to hear the one when she was on and my son made her like come on mom you got to do this (laughs) besides the amount of work this has been um what other things has surprised you about the podcast doing it what has shocked me are the is the amount of uh, people who are lis- listening all over the world. I when I first put it onto Podbean and you know uploaded that first episode and then started seeing people, I just assumed it was all of my Facebook friends. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, yay! Everybody's so supportive. I appreciated it so much. Um, and I know there were a lot of those for sure. But then at some point I had to realize that I was like, wait, this is, I ha- I don't have this many friends. Who are all these people? And all these people from Canada and California, a ton. Of, I think at some point I have gotten at least close to uh, as many people listening in California as my own home state where I live. And then I started realizing, wait, it's almost in every state. And then it did get in every state. Every single state has had down multiple downloads. Um, many listeners in Canada. And then I started noticing the UK. And then all of a sudden, several places in Europe, Ireland, um, Italy, France, Sweden, Norway, uh, Germany, all these different places, Spain, and um I was just blown away. I was so shocked. I was like, who are these people and why do they want to listen to me? But I was really thankful and, and encouraged by it because I feel like even if just one person is out there that's lonely and wants, because I know there's times when I'm lonely and that podcasts, when I'm listening to the podcast, even in the car, you can be lonely at any time, you know, um, it keeps you company. And I feel like if I'm doing that for somebody else, it makes me feel so good. And I'll just keep doing it because I love it. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, did, um, you, where do you do your research? How do you find your stories? Uh, for the most part, well, I listen to a lot of other podcasts. So, and, and at first I was like, so is it okay for me to do a story that's been done on another podcast? But then I realized I literally listened to, several different podcasts do the same story. So I know that it's okay because I like to hear different takes on a story. Um, so I figured, okay, that's fine. They all, a lot of the big stories have done by, have been done by all these different podcasts. So that's fine. So I do listen to a lot of podcasts. If I hear one that is medical related, I immediately make a note of it. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's a good prospect. I'll, I'll consider doing that one. And then I do a lot of internet researching. I just Google, all kinds of different things, which is probably not good for my search history if I were to ever get arrested <laughs> for it. <laughs> but, you know, well, it's necessary. Um, I, uh, I'm i a snorer. So sometimes <laughs> I have to go into the guest bedroom to sleep. Ah, get and um, and my, my wife um, is a runner and a cyclist. So it is not unusual on, in fact, it, most weekends, um, she gets up like at 4.35 in the morning to go run. And so mm-hmm. if I've slept in the um, guest room, you know, I get up, make coffee, edit a podcast, play around, and then it may be 11, 11.30 before I go to our bedroom to take a shower or something. And I said, before you started watching all these stupid murder shows, Linda, I got to realize, you know, if you had got died in the night, they would not believe, like, 
really there's been a dead body in your house all these hours you haven't noticed <laughs> it really it's I, I i just you know so uh yes i i'm in the same place right that they're gonna have this google um mm -hmm. yeah that's that's pretty fun <laughs> uh, so just to I, this is a music podcast so i did want to yeah. ask you um and we talked a little bit um so talk about music in your life, um, you know, not only just as a mom and mm -hmm. a wife, but as a nurse. Um, do you use music part of your uh, routine to get ready, to get pumped up for work? And do you have any stories about seeing music, you know, that patients using music? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, for sure. Music, there is literally um, a therapy called music therapy. It is something that people study. Um, music uh, can be very therapeutic for people for lots of different reasons. Um, over the lifespan, from babies all the way to the very old, um, it can be comforting, soothing. Um, it can lift spirits and energize, get people moving when you need to get them moving. Um, just like you said, when you, if you're kind of getting motivated to try to get ready for work, you can play an, a more upbeat song and kind of get jazzed and get get your blood flowing if you're trying to like i'm a night shift nurse so i'm trying to get myself ready to go to sleep then i'm going to play more relaxing and soothing type music in the hospital we have a relax or relaxation channel that yeah. kind of has um streams flowing oceans waves crashing right. that sort of thing and then music in the background and we whenever we have a patient that's agitated or restless confused that sort of thing we'll turn it on that channel oh, nice. and play mm -hmm, play that music and it sometimes it is it is helpful um but there even with like alzheimer's patients i've kind of looked into uh some different articles on that and there are a ton of videos on YouTube and um, on the internet uh, of showing an Alzheimer's patient or in a uh, retirement facility where someone goes in and starts playing the type of music that was popular during when that person was in their 20s. And it immediately takes a patient who's sitting there slumped over in a wheelchair over in the corner, completely just... Un, kind of unresponsive and un, you know, not interactive at all. And then it kind of there, you can see their eyes brighten up and they kind of start looking around like they, you can tell they recognize the music and it's, it's wonderful to see that change in someone. Um, I think it can help, you know, to me, that's kind of helping with memory re recall. They're probably going back to that place, you know? Yeah. Um, music is our, it is a time capsule. That mm -hmm. brings us back to that moment and feeling. Um, I actually have two examples that I've talked about in my podcast that if you get a chance, you might be interested in listening to. So the first one is I talked to um, Tom, um, Tom French, and um, he and his wife had a premature daughter, Juniper. And um, it's he tells a really wonderful story with a happy ending, but that he was really guilty when Juniper was born too early because um, he had not wanted to have another child. They were this was a second marriage for him. He had two older boys. He didn't want another family. She did, and then Juniper was born and. Um, you will know the dates. I can never remember, but whatever the amount of weeks you need to be for the best chance of revival, they were one day away from reaching that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so he and his wife played, um, and hence why they were on the podcast, a lot of Bruce Springsteen mm -hmm. and read, um, the Harry Potter books to her. Oh, and um, so how I found the story is Juniper's um, like seven or eight and she goes to a book signing and her mom said, this is what I would have told Bruce if I had time. And she tells the story. And then at the very end, because the, the Springsteen signing, you got maybe six seconds with him. They, you know, they took your picture with him and then you went next. And um, 
they asked Jennifer, were you sorry you didn't get to talk to Bruce? And she said, no, he knows me. He wrote me all these songs. <laughs> and, um, and then the other story that I love is uh, J.K. Rowling's found out about this and sent them a set of books and said to Juniper, the girl who lived. Oh. Yeah. That's Yenny's. And so the other one is um, there was a guy, we had a, um, a, a young man who was, his mom was hit by a car um, while she was pregnant. And when he, um, you know, once she had the child, um, severely mentally um, hurt and had so much issues. And she tells the story that at two or three, um, at f around four, she was so upset. She just got in the car and was driving. And um, a Bruce Springsteen song came on the radio and her son started nodding his head. Oh, wow. And so she um, started... Um, found every Bruce Springsteen she can. He he's um he actually now got to see him when Bruce came to Australia and got to meet him. But um he was he now can speak. Um he he read Springsteen lyrics as his sight words. Hmm. And so um you know and so I'm I always say, you know, the music can make a difference. You know, yeah. I know that um they talk a lot about laughter. And, and being positive. And I think music can help you make that. So I agree. I yeah. absolutely agree. So yeah. And even I thought about too, um, there, I don't know if, if you know this or not, but there, the American Heart Association recommends that you listen to songs that are somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred beats per minute in order to kind of get a feel for how quick, how fast you're supposed to do CPR compressions. Really? So, mm -hmm. so if you take uh, uh, advanced care life support or, or basic life support where, or just CPR training, they will kind of, um, the, the song staying alive is a, is around a hundred beats per minute. So a hundred to 120 beats per minute. I tried to find a Bruce Springsteen song that was like that. All of them are too fast. Okay. They're either too fast or too slow. Okay. <laughs> but, um, there really isn't, I wouldn't say a great one for that because yeah. they, you really need kind of what you call an earworm, I guess, one that kind of sticks right. in your head, like staying alive or girls just want to have fun by Cindy Lauper or, um, bop, <laughs> you know, that one will get in your head and you can't get it out. Right. <laughs> That's though. Those are both great songs. Um, I had shared with this, um, when we were emailing back and forth about you being on the show, mm -hmm. um, last year I was diagnosed with colon cancer yes. and, um, ended up spending, oh, three weeks in the hospital with like a day out here or there. I, um, I ended up getting uh, blood clots, and then uh, they said, okay, you we were going to have surgery. Then turned out that I had blood clots. Then they sent me home, and then, um, like, after one day, I just kept throwing up. And they said, okay, now then your body is thinks the tumor is blocking you, even if it isn't. We've got to do this. So I ended up staying on and off three weeks, and um, – great nurses. I mean, by far, um, there was, um, only, um, of all the nurses I had, I only had two bad experiences and they were both minor. One of them was, um, and I'm hoping to make you smile. Every time he gave medicine, he had to list all the possible side effects of the medicine, oh. like going down this list. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, oh, okay. Great. And this is, and this, okay. Okay. I get it. <laughs> I've been taking this medicine. And then, um, we had one who had no personality, but yeah. every once was just, Oh, don't worry about it. You know, and just were amazing. And then I had, um, eight rounds of chemo. And I was lucky enough to get the same two nurses every chemo treatment. And they were, um, I, um, they, 
uh, some friends of mine gave me some Converse um, tennis shoes with Bruce Springsteen's face on them. <laughs> and so I wore them every time. And they were like, oh, look, you got your Bruce shows on. And they were doing – and um, I didn't listen to podcasts. I didn't bring a book to read. I just – and, you know, my wife said, do you want me to come? And I'm like – the truth is I'm just going to put in my earbuds and I'm going to turn on music. And I had picked this happy playlist of a lot of my favorite songs and just put it in. And I just closed my eyes and just as they're pumping this junk into your body. So yeah. it, it uh, so I, we, we sing the praises all the time about the nurses and both in the hospital and during my chemo thing. So thank you for that. That's wonderful. Yeah, I, we did a podcast, an episode um, a few weeks ago. Sam talked about an oncology nurse, a wonderful nurse who got breast cancer, mm. went through all the treatments. And then because she not only was an oncology nurse, but she now knew what it yeah. was to go through all of that. She just did all of these wonderful, amazing things where she would go back and volunteer her time on the floor. And then she developed all of these different uh, programs and services for people. It was just amazing. So I love oncology nurses. They're wonderful. Yeah, um, it was funny, though. Um, so um, we're meeting with our oncologist, and she's talking about the surgery went great. And our surgeon was really worried that, um, you know, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this um, through laser. And they ended up doing great. But so we're talking to the oncologist, and um, she says, all right, the type of chemo you're going to take, uh, one of the side effects is you're going to be really um, sensitive to cold, mm. and you will not be able to drink cold drinks while you're in chemo. Wow. And my wife says, she gets in the car, and she goes, okay, they tell you you have a tumor, you don't blink. They tell you it's a colon cancer. You don't blink. They tell you that, you know, we've got to test your heart to make sure you're okay. You're fine. Blood clots. Everything's great. They tell you can't drink cold Diet Coke for six months. Your face turns white and you look like, no, no, no. Like, what are you? Oh, because who can drink a, a room temperature Diet Coke? Oh, it was. And so we, we joked about it that. Um, it you know it was every three weeks you got chemo. So the first week you were incredibly sensitive to cold. By the middle of the second it was okay, and then for that one week before you went back again, I was good. <laughs> and so um, it would just we I would push it like okay, when you say room temperature, like if it's seventy two in the house, it's cold, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this, that's, this is awesome. Um, anything else to share? Well, I did look up some, uh, Bruce Springsteen songs. I love Bruce Springsteen. And so I kind of looked up, like I had to remind myself cause I, I don't necessarily listen to a lot of music. Mm -hmm. I listen to a lot. I, I say that, but I do, but I, it's, there's so much out there yes. that I wouldn't say I hone in on one in particular. Right. Um, but then I start list, looking at his list of like the top 100 Bruce Springsteen songs. And I was like, Oh my goodness, I love all of these. <laughs> so trying to pick out one. So what I did is I said, my, I think my favorite all time is the river. Yes. That's my favorite for sure. I'm just kind of looking at the lyrics and li I listened to several and it was really hard because every time I would play one, I was like, okay, this is my favorite. And then I play another one. Oh no. Oh, I would, yeah, this is my favorite. Mm -hmm. And then another one, go, oh, this is my favorite. And it's just like, finally I was like, no, the river is definitely my favorite. And it's got all of these different elements to it. Um, and it's so deep. I mean, it's just amazing. I love the song. I love the lyrics. I love the tone. I just love everything about it. And I, I'm sure you know this, but just in case, you know, it was um, kind of at least partially based on his big sister. I didn't know his that. His sister, yes. His sister, um, you know, got pregnant in high school. Oh. And what's amazed is they are still married. Oh, wow. Yeah. Her and her husband went through the rough times, and he, he often talks about his sister – how um, proud he is of her. Um, wow. That, yeah. Um, 
one of the big songs in the Springsteen community with us who have been sick is uh, No Reach, No Surrender, mm. uh, you know, from uh, Born in the USA. Yes. Um, and so, in fact, um, often when people are tweeting or using social media, and I did each time I did um, Caring Bridge or, you know, did an update, you know, it'd be hashtag no retreat, no surrender. Um, and kind of funny, a buddy of mine came to visit and brought this John Claude Van Damme uh, movie called No Retreat, No Surrender. And he goes, <laughs> you keep mentioning this. I, yeah. I don't, I mean, I, I can't think you, I guess you already own the movie and I had to explain to him what I was talking about. So that's good. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, that, that is awesome. Um, so I did want to ask you because I do this in every podcast. Mm -hmm. um, did you listen to Thunder Road? Yes. Okay. So um, the Mary question, as I put in our agenda, is um, I have a um, a listener, and he's been – Jay has been on the show a couple of times, and he is a honors English teacher. He teaches honors English in high school up on the East Coast, and mm -hmm. they do a – a session they do a segment on his class each year of comparing thunder road to the road less traveled and as a poem Ew. and um they yeah it once again not to promote my own podcast but if you google that i mean he goes into all the imagery and and the story behind it and and what how this is he thinks robert frost because springsteen growing up in america he said there's not um, any one of his generation did not read that poem sometime in you know, school. Mm -hmm. um, and so he goes through all of it and then he goes, okay, so at the end of the song, does Mary get in the car? So that's the question. Hmm. Does she? That's, that's your, that's your question. It's just sort of like a, uh, the lady in the tiger. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because in the song he says, um, um, you know, cross the front porch to right. my front seat, you know, right. and so. And he talks about how she, um, he, it's almost like, because is, is it at different stages? Well, it's all one night in the story. Oh, and it? Okay. And he says, um, you know, um, Let's go. And so Jay's point is in the song, um, I'm pulling out of here. It's a town for losers, and I'm pulling out of here to win is the lyrics. Now, when he sings it live, he often says we're printing out it to win. Huh. But the actual lyrics is I'm. So Jay's point is she has a decision. She has a decision. To you can either stay in your safe house and doing yes. the same old thing in the same old town that's with all these boring people. And do the same thing everybody else is doing, or you can go with me and my guitar, and we can right. do something but, risky but fun. And exactly. And and his point is, making a choice is scary, mm -hmm. and it being safe. And so, um, so anyway, oh. your thought. Well, I think that he probably left that open for you know, on purpose so that for everybody it's going to be different because for, I think for some people it's all or nothing. Either you give up everything and go for your dream. And for some, for others, maybe you can have a combination of both where you don't have to necessarily risk everything to pursue your dream. Yeah, maybe you can, and, and I'm a mom of, of a uh, boy, so th I'm going to be, lecturing I guess to people because I feel like you can kind of have both worlds you don't have to you can leave a town and go you know go to college get a degree but you can also pursue your dreams in other ways and uh, I guess have a plan B and sometimes like I, I like to watch some of these shows where people go on there and like America's Got Talent or American Idol or something, and they say, I don't have a plan B. This is it for me. And and I'm just like, well, that's okay, but you really do have to have a plan B. As a mom of, a, and I have a 27-year-old and a and a 19-year-old and a 14-year-old, 
And so I feel like it would be really irresponsible of me to say, you know, no, you should really just, you know, you don't really need to graduate from school. You can just pursue your dreams and, you know, run out there and do whatever you need to do, do whatever you have to do. Don't have a plan B. Um, so for so, me, I guess I, I have this kind of weird, boring answer that's like, Mary, uh, Mary was maybe disagreed with him that that wasn't the only way to not have a boring life. Because I feel like I ha- I don't have a boring life, but I we have a little bit of a safe life at the same time. You know what I'm saying? I think that is a great answer, Tina. <laughs> um, I, my wife and I talk about this a lot, is where is the line between um, following your dreams and not being practical. Mm-hmm. In other words, um, I certainly agree that it is great to go pursue your dreams, to take your shot. But at the same point, as a parent, I feel the same way. Um, my son's 29. And um, by the way, you, you never quit worrying about him, right? No, nope. <laughs> nope, never. Yeah. Uh, my my wife asked a very good friend once, who's actually in the medical position as, as well, and she asked, she goes, Susan, you know, he was in junior high at the time. She goes, when does this get easy? When do you quit worrying about him? She goes, never. Hmm. She goes, because even when they're out of high school, they're out of college, then you're worried about are they dating the right person? And then if they get married, are, are there – are their kids okay? Are they taking care of themselves? So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it never stops. It never ends. It yeah. never ends. Um, and, and I do, cause I, I wonder about that a lot is, um, when do you, where, where is the right line where, okay, I gave it my all didn't work. And now then I, I'm going to find another dream. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's settling either. I think it is, um, and I think a lot of that is where you find your happiness, um, because you could start a podcast, mm-hmm. you know, and and find creative outlook there. You can meet new friends. You can you know do these things that um, yes, you may do a quote unquote boring nine to five job, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't have an amazing life. And it doesn't mean you can't enjoy a boring nine to five job either. Some people like that. Now, it is not for me personally. Uh, I tried doing that, but I I do have to work at the hospital. I feel yeah. like I have to have that adrenaline. I have to have the um, the moving around. I can't just sit behind a desk. Um, I did try that for a little while in nurse. They're doing kind of like telenursing. Um, I just couldn't stand it. I have to be up on my feet and moving around and doing stuff. But, um, that's, I mean, that was a dream of mine. And we joke around at the hospital all the time and say, Oh, remember we're living the dream because at one point we, it was a dream to go to nursing school. And sometimes we laugh and we're like, wait, why was this our dream again? (laughs) You know, what were we thinking of all the things we could dream? But I mean, it's obviously we're kidding, but nurses have a very dark sense of humor. I Um, bet. And, we kind of have to. <laughs> yeah, you do. And do you? Um, and and I'm sure um, it's tough. I I know you get appreciated, but you also get a lot of um, grief given to you. And you know, you're the and ones. That's the, yeah, yeah, that's the point at which we're going. Wait, what? What were we thinking? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, that is awesome. So, how do not awesome that you guys are questioning it, but I love the idea of humor. Like, okay, and really, we, you know, we gave up this, you know. And what's funny is, you know, we joke around about it, about how hard it is, about uh, how we do get sometimes, sometimes mistreated. You know, for the most part, people are actually really nice um, and appreciative. But uh, every now and then, you do get that person that you're just thinking why are you treating me this way? You know, people can just, sometimes people really can be, and I'm not talking about just cranky because they're sick, because we understand that nurses totally get that. Don't Mm -hmm. ever think that, you know, that's something that we don't understand. But, um, I mean like absolutely just mean spirited and rude and, and hateful. And at that point, that's when you're just thinking, you know, this is really hard. And I, 
you know, sometimes it just gets too hard because we're understaffed and you have more patients than you feel like sometimes you can really take care of. And, you know, those those times when patients are just like, you know, I've hit my call light three, three or four times and it's been like 10 minutes and you still haven't gotten in here and you're literally down the, the hall at, you know, some other patient's room doing something for that patient who would have probably not appreciated if you just left the room and went, oh, I'm sorry, but somebody else needs me for a second, you know. Um, but for the most part, I have to say, I, I was on a, a nurse group the other night on Facebook and somebody posted, do you ever, do any of you ever regret becoming a nurse? Hundreds of people posted. And out of those people, there were so few people that said they did. I mean, almost nobody. It was just like so encouraging to me because I was like, oh, you know, we joke around so much about how hard the job is. We do joke about it. Yeah. But in reality, it is one of the most rewarding things that you can do. And it's such a blessing. It's very therapeutic for your soul because I tell people all the time whenever I uh, am dealing with somebody who's dep with, who's depressed, who's kind of down and having a difficult time. One of the most therapeutic things that you can do for yourself if you struggle with depression is to help someone else, to find someone else who's worse off than you are and help them. And you that will make you feel better. It will lift your spirits. It it releases those chemicals in your brain. It's it's the best therapy to me um, is to find someone. And so when I became a nurse and started helping people, it helped my depression. It really helped me because I can see so many people that are in so much worse shape than I am. And I just think, God, thank you for <laughs> for everything that I have. And I I, I'm so sorry if I ever take that stuff for granted and take my family for granted. You know, we, like my wife would, um, you know, bring in donuts or one of the, one of my favorite nurses, um, I, you know, like, Hey, Linda's bringing a breakfast burrito. Do you want something? <laughs> and, um, and we just were, um, we tried to be very appreciative and I was amazed that, um, they would, you know, at night when we're talking and, you know, she'd say, you just, you can't imagine the amount of people who just take us for granted. They're not just mm -hmm. rude, but it's just like, that's, as you said, not mm -hmm. understanding. And, mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I told this to all my friends. I said, you know, I know the whole cliche of, Oh, they woke me up, you know, to give me a sleeping pill, you know, or they woke me <laughs> up to give meds. And, and I said, but I, I'm in the hospital. I mean, <laughs> you want them to not check on you? You know, you, you know, the idea is yes, you're, we got to check your blood pressure. We got to check these things. Um, so, um, I will tell you one, um, story where I, I did, I think, I, I was a little bit naughty. Um, <laughs> the first time I got in the hospital, um, I was just nauseous. Um, and so they put a, the tube through my nose up down to my stomach to drain it. And um, then the second time I went in, they did that again. And I was just, I was so much pain. I was so happy. So um, after about a day, um, you know, it was feeling a lot better. And, um, the tube came out and so, you know, I pushed it back in and then, um, tried to retape it. And then when the nurse was in there, you uh, pushed it back in. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so then the nurse came back in and I said, Hey, it came out and she says, Oh, I'm sorry. So she taped it. And then as I was sleeping, it came out again and I said, you know, I've got cancer and I just pulled the rest of it out <laughs> and so it went so I could go to sleep. And I said, if I get yelled at, I get yelled at. I'm going to play the cancer card. I just cannot have this tube going back and forth without being secured. So luckily they did not yell at me. But at this point I was like, nope, nope, I just cannot do this anymore. Oh, so, awesome. yeah. Um, <laughs> Tina, this was a blast. I could talk to you all night, but you need to get back to your family. If someone wants to check out the podcast, tell us how we can find you. Sure. Yeah, it's, uh, well, 
you can find us on Spotify, um, iTunes, Stitcher, any of the CastBox, all of the mediums by just looking up Good Nurse. Good Nurse, Bad Nurse is the podcast, but if you look up Good Nurse, it's going to come up. Uh, we're on Facebook at uh, Good Nurse, Bad Nurse Podcast. We're on Twitter, Instagram, GNBN Podcast, I think is what we are on Instagram. Um, and that's pretty much it. Um, and so the uh, what's your Twitter handle? Twitter at, is G. It's at GNBN podcast. Good. All right. Yeah. Um, and please go to iTunes to rate and review us. Um, I, I cannot tell you. Um, we keep telling that to our listeners. That is how people find us. It is <laughs> the golden. You know, it is the nicest thing you can do for us. Um, hang tight while I do a little business. Um, if you want to be on the podcast and share your Springsteen journey or maybe your own healing journey with music you can reach out to me at setlessingbruce at gmail.com i'm on at setlessingbruce on twitter we also have a facebook page setlessingbruce my personal twitter is at jesse jackson dfw i would love to hear from you um and please let us know how we're doing any final thoughts tina i guess i don't really have anything else to say i don't know okay no, you're we, are, we have a little tagline and we put at the end of all of our podcasts. So I don't know what you do at the end of yours. Um, I usually quote a Springsteen song. Oh, yeah, that's so, good. But I remember us riding in my brother's car, her body tan and wet down at the reservoir. At yep. night on them banks, I'd lie awake and pull her close just to feel each breath we take. Yep. Now those memories come back to haunt me. They haunt me like a curse. Is a dream a lie if it doesn't come true? Or is it something worse? I, I think that is truly one of his most um, haunting lyrics is a dream, a lie, if it doesn't come true. And I, think I know. Is or not. I know. And then it says it sends it. That sends me down That's to the, the river, river, though. I know the river is dry. That yes. kills me. <laughs> it, it does. And yeah. well, um, so and what's your tagline? And we'll end with that. Well, even if you're a bad girl, be a good nurse. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Tina. We'll talk to you soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.